right, I want to welcome everybody to another episode of Executive Talk. Those that are here live in our studio audience, welcome, and also those that are viewing live. In today's show, we're going to talk about the truth about pain. In this topic, in order to discuss it correctly, what we have done is invite our subject matter expert on this particular topic, Dr. Jessica Fish, owner and operator of Renew Health and Wellness. And so without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome Jessica Fish. How are you doing, Jessica? Thank you, Maurice. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. Obviously, with the topic, the truth about pain, there's a lot of misconceptions regarding pain. Absolutely. So go ahead and start us off with what, what should we understand directly about pain right off the top? Well, one of the first main things to understand about pain is that pain occurs where the body can't sustain any longer. Um, where the compensation occurs um, is actually more often where the pain is happening. Mm -hmm. So a body, um, the body structure that fails actually where it's compensating is usually where the pain is occurring. So a lot of times the issue is not where the actual pain is. Gotcha. All mm -hmm. right. So you have four specific areas of pain that we've all probably had, which is Tex neck, which I know I don't know if a lot of people are familiar with that or not, but she's definitely going to explain it. Weak abdominal muscles, we've all had some kind of you know running with that foot pain, neck and shoulder pain. So what I would like for you to do, Jessica, is take us down each uh, each one of those areas, and let's start off with Tex neck. Oh, okay. And this is the visual for everybody right here. So Tex neck is a relatively new diagnosis that's only really come around over the past uh, 10 to 15 years with the dawn of cell phones and mm. the fact that everybody has them. Um, so if I can ask you will, you, will you show me what position you usually send and write text messages in? <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing, but okay, fine. I typically do this number right here. Or I just sit up and then put my neck down and start text messaging. And start texting in this downward position, Correct. yeah. Um, so the reason that that is a bad thing is that we are, uh, as humans, we're supposed to be looking at the horizon. Our necks are supposed to be upright. We're supposed to be looking our eyes are supposed to be parallel with the horizon. Um, and how we achieve that is a curve in the neck. Um, so actually, can I, can I see your hand sure. for just a second? So this is an example of what the curve in the neck looks like. Um, so the head, which is about you know, eight to 15 pounds, sits on top of this nice curve where there's a good cushion that it can sit on top of. Okay. What happens when we look forward and down is the, head's, uh, the neck starts to straighten out and the same amount of pressure feels like a lot more. Gotcha. Um, so the point of the curve in the neck has, is a kind of a dual function. Uh, the first part is to allow the spinal cord to kind of float nicely down uh, from the brain to the rest of the body. And that's kind of what we're showing here in this picture to the left, uh, where the cord, uh, we're looking down at a vertebra, and uh, the cord has a nice open space where it can you know, have happy nerve flow and all of the nerves coming out to the neck and shoulders and the rest of the body um, have enough space. Uh, what the problem is with this forward head position is uh, it's starting to straighten out that curve uh, and compressing the nerves. People are having numbness and tingling in their hands, things like mm -hmm. that, and pain in their neck and shoulders. Um, and for actually for every inch that your head is positioned forward, it is a perceived double uh, what the weight of the head is on the neck. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, okay. you know, yeah, <laughs> and, you know, 12 turns into 24, turns into 36, that sort of thing. Uh, and this is going to be a really big issue in about 20 to 30 years when the millennials and younger, I don't know what that generation is called yet, uh, <laughs> but when they are starting to reach their you know, 40s and 50s, gotcha. that's when this is really going to be an issue because they've been doing this for 30 years. Got it. Mm -hmm. So when, when people say you have a big head, 
it's actually a lot of truth when you're when your head's positioned this Absolutely. way. Absolutely, you're putting a lot of pressure. Absolutely, on your neck. and and putting pressure in the wrong p parts of the neck as well. Um, so the bottom of the neck is actually what's taking a lot of the pressure, where it's really supposed to be the the middle of that curve gotcha. that's taking the pressure. Okay, mm -hmm. so take us down this path of weak abdominal muscles. Uh huh. So as much as it's lovely to work out just <laughs> to have those nice little six-pack abs in the front, there sure. is quite a bit of function to them as well. Um, so the, the abdominal muscles actually support the low back. It's kind of like having a uh, corset around the trunk of the body. Okay. Uh, and you can see kind of in this picture right here in the middle, um, the, the one on the left is if you're looking at the side of the body, um, and this is a normal curve, very similar to the neck, where you need that curve to support the weight of the, the trunk. Okay. Uh, but what happens uh, when the abdominal muscles are weak, particularly when there is also a um, pendulous abdomen, is what we were taught in school <laughs> to say, which is a very nice way of saying beer belly, uh, but particularly when that is also a factor, it's also pulling the, the, the spine even further into this curved position. So it's kind of the opposite, where the neck, we're worried about the, the curve going away. In the low back, we're worried about the curve becoming too much. Gotcha. Uh, and what occurs there is that um, the, the structures in the back, uh, right, yeah, right along there, uh, in the posterior of the spine, start hitting each other like this. And normally they're supposed to articulate just gently, but when you have that increased curve, they start jamming into each other. Wow. This is called facet syndrome uh, to us doctors, but to most people think of it as just a sore back. Uh, in particular, whenever someone says that, that a, you know, they twisted a certain way and it really grabbed them yeah. sharply, that's what this syndrome is caused by. Gotcha. So I, I recommend my patients do some abdominal muscle exercises, including the obliques and the side muscles as well, and not just that pretty little six pack in the front uh, <laughs> to help support the low back and prevent that back pain. Okay, all right. So talk to us about neck and shoulder pain because I'm sure everybody's experienced some kind of neck and shoulder pain, right? That's pretty common. It's very common, yeah. very common. Um, most people don't really think about um, the feet when they think about their neck pain. Mm. Uh, and that is actually something that I look at very closely in my office. Um, so uh, just think of the body as like a house. Okay. Uh, and the feet are your foundation. It's what you're constantly on all day long, as long as you're standing, which sure. is most of your day, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> uh, uh, what happens uh, with this um, you know, body is that the, the foundation, say that the foundation starts to shift, which would be improper biomechanics of the feet, uh, once you expect to see a leak in the roof. So this is uh, where we come to the idea that the feet actually have a lot to do with the entire spine and not necessarily just the ankles and knees like most people think of. Gotcha. Um, so this improper biomechanics uh, is shown here on this picture in the bottom okay. um, right here. Right here. Uh, the, on the left is a normal foot position of the ankle where the ankle and the uh, leg bone is positioned directly over the top of the, the ankle and the foot. Uh, and then what's shown um, just slightly to the right is uh, what's called pronation, which is very, very common, um, more so common than the other direction, which is supination. Uh, but, the, but the falling of the arches is essentially what it is, um, where the, the ligaments start to loosen, the arches start to fall, and that creates kind of a crisscross pattern across the body. Gotcha. So the inside of the ankle hurts, the outside of the knee, inside of the hip, that sort of thing. Um, all the way up to the neck. So a lot of people uh, that come into my office come in with neck and shoulder pain and I evaluate their feet 
most of them look at me like I'm crazy, <laughs> but uh, right. once I build them a pair of custom foot orthotics, which are basically just little inserts that fit into the shoe and tilt the ankles back out again, um, they have a lot of relief with neck and shoulder issues uh, because they had gone to other chiropractors or other practitioners before uh, where they were laying down, got a treatment. By the time they stand up and get to the front of the office, if their feet are causing that issue, that neck is right back wow. out where it was before. Okay. Um, so uh, orthotics definitely help hold adjustments a lot longer as well, which is another good benefit so <laughs> they can not see me quite as often. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So that's a very good explanation on that. So let's take us to take us to a different uh, direction here and the emotions cause pain. So first and foremost, where does that thought even come from? So um, traditionally in Chinese medicine and the study of acupuncture, they've associated um, certain organ systems with certain emotions. Okay. Uh, and then more in kind of the Western world, they have associated um, certain organs with certain referral pain patterns. Uh, these are called viscerosomatic reflexes. Okay. Uh, viscera meaning the organs and somatic meaning the body. Uh, one of the most classic examples is the liver, uh, which is on the right side of your body, referring pain to the right neck and shoulder. Got it. Uh, but as well, the, the liver is also associated with the emotion of anger which is one of the most common uh, emotions that we kind of address in my office as well. <laughs> sure. uh, anger and fear yeah. are two of these uh, very common kind of stuck emotions. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, so sick to my stomach, where does that come from? So, um, you know, there are different sayings in our language that kind of reflect these um, emotional organ associations. Uh, the first one being sick to my stomach. Uh, the stomach is associated with the emotion disgust. Mm. Um, the next one is um, the, <laughs> I was so scared that I peed my pants, which most people have probably actually experienced <laughs> once in their lives, uh, at least once. Uh, Nobody but, wants to claim that one. Nobody, right? yeah, yeah, nobody's raising their right. hand on that one. Uh, but uh, the emotion of fear is actually associated with the bladder. Got it. Uh, and then uh, the next one is the heart flutters with joy. Um, the heart is actually associated with the emotion of overjoy, uh, like uncontrollable laughter and, you know, a little bit more on the manic side than the, than the <laughs> positive side. Uh, and then uh, the last one is kind of a dated saying um, that the, someone galls me, uh, which really means someone is annoying. Uh, and the gallbladder has to do with resentment. That's the uh, association. And all of the organs are associated with different emotions and they can, you know, create different pains in the body. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So talk to us a little bit deeper regarding the seven year change. Obviously, we're all supposed to evolve over time and as we grow into adults or not. So, but take us down from the journey of firstborn to 21, from 21 to the day of death, if you will. Mm -hmm. So the seven-year change is the idea that every seven years, uh, most of our cells, uh, except for you know brain and eye tissue and a couple other tissues, uh, completely regenerate every seven years. So you are physically a different person every seven years. Um, so uh, what we're talking about with the, the zero to 21, uh, that is basically your growth phase. So that is where you're regenerating, growing, getting to your adulthood, and then from 21 on is more of the um, decline and death phase. Let's call it the maintenance phase <laughs> for all of us that yeah, are over 21. Right <laughs> yeah. uh, and then every single time that these cells divide, 
um, the, the um, chromosomes split in half, they yeah. replicate themselves and then turn into two different cells. Uh, but every time that that happens, uh, the little ends of the chromosomes called the telomeres, those uh, get shorter and shorter. And they've recently started doing studies about how that is associated with aging and how they're, they're looking to cre um, fix that problem to kind of create a fountain of youth. Mm, we'll right. see how that goes. Um, <laughs> but basically, after, after 21, we are in the maintenance phase. We need to... Um, accept the idea that we need to maintain what we have and uh, support the health that we do have. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one thing I noticed, and I'm sure everybody else has noticed, is that there's a lot of people trying to reclaim that fountain of youth by doing a lot of different things. I mean, Botox is one of those first things that come to my mind mm -hmm. when it comes to that is trying to reclaim that zero to 21 where it's youthful, everything was springy, if you will, mm -hmm. but then afterwards. <laughs> so is that, does that, correlate to the instant gratification? Absolutely. So unfortunately, we are, we are trained in this society to expect instant gratification. Mm. Whether it's, uh, uh, you know, we're sick and we take a pill, medications that are supposed to instantly fix us, uh, or fast food that we know how successful that is in our society, <laughs> right. as well as the internet where we click a button and we can see whatever we want at, at, at our fingertips. Sure. Um, but unfortunately, this is not how the real world kind of works. We've created this instant gratification in our society that's not really obtainable. Um, in the long term, uh, if you really want to have a sustainable change, um, you really have to look at the habits. And not necessarily um, just in a few weeks or a few months, but really for a lifetime. Changing the habits and the way that you perceive things um, is really the best way to uh, get to where you want to be. Uh, one of the things that I tell a lot of my patients is, you know, kind of think of how long it took you to get into this position mm -hmm. that you're in. Right. Uh, you know, most people that come in to see me are, are not, you know, younger people who, you know, have these issues. It's, it's generally uh, people who have had these issues for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, so they have to understand that it's not going to be one session and you're fixed. Right. It's got to be work and you have to take responsibility for yourself. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. All right, and this one is kind of funny to me, but it's very true, and it's the pain acceptance, the idiot-like. So <laughs> tell us why we need, what this check engine represents when it comes mm -hmm. to the body. So this is another aspect of what pain really is. Pain is a way for your body to communicate with you. Um, unfortunately, there's no system for your body to be, you know, hey, what's, what's going on right. up there? That's what pain is. Pain is where your body cannot compensate any longer. And, you know, you generally pain is one of the last symptoms to show up when there's an issue. You'll have this issue for quite some time. Your body can't compensate anymore. Then you have the pain. So really, uh, pain is this check engine light on the dashboard of your body. And things like, uh, say, a pain pill or something like that, even a chiropractic adjustment uh, can, can act like this, where it's basically just putting a Band-Aid over the light and being like, oh, the problem's gone now, my engine's fine, <laughs> right. when we know that if we keep driving that car in the way that it is, it's going to break down in one way or another. Um, so the idiot light is really um, what's, what is uh, flashing at you, saying, hey, yeah. Dummy, take care of me. <laughs> it's time to do something about this. And, sure. and um, so often uh, I hear um, older patients who are like, oh, I'm just getting older. Uh, that's, this is just part of, part of getting older is being in pain. 
That is not necessarily the case. Granted, pain is more common in the older community, but again, it comes back to that responsibility and maintaining and taking care of yourself and uh, knowing that this is your body and no one else's. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then d depriving ourselves, pushing too hard, overindulging, do you see it? Is that a very common thread? Very common. So again, it's all about balance in life. Uh, you, you don't want to go to one end or the other too extreme. Uh, so people who deprive themselves of things that they love, um, they end up cracking and binging on it. Uh, you know, and then there's the people who push too hard. Uh, I always come to mind with the CrossFitters of people mm -hmm. who do not listen to their body, push themselves too hard, and then they burn out or they injure themselves, and then they have to stop doing what they're doing altogether. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the last, you know, kind of avenue with that is oh, the overindulgence, uh, which we all know exactly how that goes. Yes. Uh, we see that every day in our <laughs> culture of the overindulgence. Uh, but it's really important to find a healthcare practitioner that will help you, um, that will help guide you through, and uh, not necessarily take control over your health, but kind of hold your hand and tell you everything's going to be okay, and help guide you through this process yeah. instead of doing it on your own. Uh, because looking at the internet can be a little confusing sometimes Absolutely. when you're looking at 10 different sources and that sort of thing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right, so if you were to leave us with a final thought, obviously this is valuable information. I'm sure everybody's picked up at least one thing. What is that final thought that you want to tell everybody? So again, my final thought really is that you, you must take responsibility for your own health. Um, unfortunately, the way that our, our um, health care is kind of set up right now, it's not exactly on the preventative end. They talk about preventative medicine, they talk about these preventative measures that they do, but really when you look at it, it's more like early detection. You're not preventing the disease, you're just trying to catch it early so we can you know, use the medications and things like that to fix it, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It is good to catch things early, but it's better to prevent them in the first place and really get to the root cause and not just put that Band-Aid over the light kind of thing. Uh, as well as, again, you have to find a good healthcare practitioner that you trust, that you have a good vibe with, really. That's sure. a huge part, is that if you don't like them and if you don't trust them, then you're never gonna do exactly what they say mm, and you know, never really support what they're, what they're telling you. You really need someone on Team U. On Team U. On Team U. Mm. Team yeah. U, that's the new <laughs> phrase. <laughs> All right, well, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to go to the studio audience and see if they have any questions. Mm -hmm, of course. And here today with us, I have a uh, Christian. If you come to the mic, please. Let's welcome Christian. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Executive Talk. What question do you have for Dr. Jessica? So you kind of mentioned the line of finding an equilibrium with overindulgence and depriving yourself. And it brings to mind to me the fashion of CrossFit exercise right now. What are your thoughts on CrossFit? Do you like that as a preferred exercise measure? I, I think it is a good um, exercise as far as um, the high interval training, in, uh, high interval um, um, intensity training, uh, which basically is short bursts of exercise followed by short periods of uh, rest, which is incorporated in the CrossFit training. But if you're doing just straight high interval uh, intensity training, then it's more like body weight. So you're doing sprints, things um, like um, crunches or push-ups or things that you're just using your body weight as opposed to CrossFit, which utilizes a lot of the 
really heavy things like um, the the battle ropes and mm. the kettlebells and the giant, giant tires <laughs> that are three times the size of the person trying to pick them up. Um, so really, it's about listening to your body okay. and not ignoring these kind of warning signs um, and not pushing yourself too hard to the point where you hurt yourself. That makes sense. Thank you. Yeah, you're All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. All right, well, we have time for uh, James Gardner. You have a question for us? Absolutely. All right. So I'm, a, I'm an athlete, I play rugby, and uh, myself and a lot of other people I know definitely want to find somebody to help them with their pain because uh, everybody who's an athlete has pain. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's just how it's going to be. So, I mean, how do I find health practitioners like you? So um, I would suggest uh, going to, A, one of your best resources is going to be your friends and family. Mm -hmm. And asking around in that kind of circle of your own contacts, mm -hmm. because you're already going to have a rapport with that doctor because you have an association with someone that you care about. So that's one of the best ways to find uh, a healthcare practitioner. Uh, but also the internet is a fantastic resource. Um, one of the um, things here in Denver, uh, for people who are watching locally, there's a uh, website called naturalholisticcare.com, and it has um, practitioners of all different types uh, on there that, that are trusted, that people know are, are good, and that will, that will help people out. Uh, and if you're not in the Denver area, definitely look for something, some sort of resource like that. Okay. So don't just click on the first ad you see. <laughs> Not necessarily, no. All right. no. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Thank, Thank you, Jane. Appreciate you. And as always, with every executive talk show, I like to leave with my own personal thought regarding this message. You know, after sitting with uh, Dr. Jessica here and getting to know her and actually understanding this topic, one thing that came to mind is we only have one body, one life. And with that being said, you have one. You have an opportunity to do something about that. It's quality of life. And I think that's really what Jessica is really getting down to: is quality of life. Everything that you do, whether it be business ownership, whether whether it be just your day-to-day -day sports, CrossFit, whatever makes sense to you that that you enjoy, having your body in its best shape and performance will allow you the most absolute passion. And there's a, there's an alignment that comes along with that. And I think we should always embrace that, and I think that's what Je Dr. Jessica is really trying to um, say here is that just enjoy life, but enjoying life is enjoying your health as well. So um, I would like to invite everybody to our future conversations, and actually this, this particular conversation is so good. We're going to have Dr. Jessica on next week to follow up and have another deeper conversation into this health thing. But uh, follow our information here on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Instagram, LinkedIn, and also on YouTube. We'll definitely have this up for everybody to watch and see. But in the meantime, Jessica and I, we have to get back to work. Have a great day. Thank you.